0: Thank you so much for joining us today on episode 108 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the difference between being in charge and being in control. Because while you are in charge of your choices and your actions, you are not in control of the results. Now while this may be a tough pill to swallow at first, it can literally transform your running and your life.
1: This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running.
0: So we first started talking about this topic a couple of weeks ago when we were being faced by a hurricane that was coming right at us and growing stronger and stronger by the day. And luckily, we were spared, thank goodness. Um, but it just kind of made us think about, like, what are we in charge of and what are we actually in control of and how that how does that apply to not only our life but also into our running and everything in between?
1: Right. I'm, I'm that guy who's constantly updating every three hours when the, uh, yes, the, he we- is. <laughs> the weather station gives the new graphic and the cone is swallowing up the entire state of Florida. And I
0: don't watch the news, so I don't even know when a storm is coming until he tells me about it.
1: Like, there's six named storms in the world right now. You're like, really? Neat. Um, (laughs)
0: And he's like, no, seriously, you don't know about it? And I'm like, no, because I know that you're going to tell me if I should actually be concerned about any of it.
1: Right, because you know that there's only so much that you are actually in control over.
0: And we always have plenty of warning.
1: Right. Tons of warning, tons of warning on the storm coming. Um, and what it is, is that you can then be in charge of how you handle that situation, Mm -hmm. how you physically actually prepare for it, how you mentally handle the situation. What you're not in control of is the storm.
0: Right. You're in charge of you. Right. We do not have control whether or not that storm actually hits us. And that's why people are like, Oh my gosh, are you worried? Or, and I'm like, no, because there's no point. Like, what is the point of worrying about something that you have no control over? Like there really is no point because if, is your worry actually going to do anything? Like is me being worried about the storm going to change the trajectory of that storm? And is that going to change whether or not I get affected by that storm? No, it's not. So, so, what is the point of worrying about it?
1: no worrying is is only even slightly worthwhile if it then actually causes you to take charge of the situation because there are things that you can do you're like ooh there 's a storm coming. I should go get some cases of water if the, If it leads you to actual action where you are taking charge of the situation then you 've got good results but whether you have water in the garage or not is not going to change the storm.
0: Right, and I would argue that that's not actually worrying then. Like <laughs> no. wo- like worrying is when you just constantly are thinking about something that you really don't have control over. Like to me that's the definition of worry. So, if you're concerned about the storm hitting you and that causes you to then make preparations for the storm like a responsible adult, Then that's a good thing. But to me, that's not worrying about the storm. That's just taking the steps that you need in order to be prepared.
1: Right. It's the difference of standing on the starting line and like just you can see some of these people that are so nervous about a race that's about to start and they're fidgeting all over the place and other people are just kind of like stretching and they're doing like they're almost in like a meditative yoga state Mm -hmm. because... They know that the race is going to happen. Like, in a few minutes, somebody's going to stand in the middle of the street and shoot a starting gun, and then everybody's going to take off running. And that's how the race goes, and everybody else is so worried about it. What are you worried for? You paid money, you have a bib on your chest, you're going to go run.
0: This is what you signed up for.
1: This is what's going to happen now. And worrying about it is not going to change the results for it. You already prepared for it. The results are coming. You're not changing anything because you're not in control of the race at that point. You were in charge of how you prepared for
0: it. Exactly. And so today we wanted to talk about These concepts, right? The difference between taking charge and being in control. And to some people, this might just be semantics. This might just be a play on words. And it can be, but isn't everything in our life a play on words and perspective? Like, however you choose to look at a situation and the words that you choose to describe that situation or to even just think about it in your head. Like when you're playing a narrative in your head, there are words that are kind of going through your head and and things that are triggering different emotions in your head. And you are in charge of the way that you see those given situations. Okay. So that's what kind of what we're talking about with this first one. So let's first talk about taking charge. Now, taking charge can be one of those things that can be both empowering and scary all at the same time.
1: Yeah, very much both simultaneously. Because to fully take charge of the situation puts the responsibility on you. Right. And as soon as someone's like, no, no, you have all of the responsibility, you're like, oh, that's fantastic. I, I am in charge of this situation. And then you keep thinking about it for a second and you're like, oh, wait, that means I'm in charge of this whole situation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you can kind of waver back and forth between realizing the power that you have Mm -hmm. and realizing that that means that you have all of the power Mm -hmm. in the situation and that that's a lot of responsibility to carry.
0: Right. Because you are in charge of your actions and your reactions to other things that are happening around you. So regardless of what it is, regardless if it is something that is positive or negative, it can be seen both ways. Like it doesn't matter what the event is. Like they always say there's, you know, one person's perspective, there's another person's perspective, and the truth is probably somewhere in between. Because every person can look at a situation in a different light from different lenses and can actually make it completely different. Like the same exact event can take place and two people can take totally different things away from that event.
1: Oh, completely. Like you and I can wake up next to each other in bed, wake up. You know, say the exact same time. Let's say we set the alarm for 6 o'clock and something wakes us up at 5.30. Mm-hmm. Depending on what mood you're in, you be like, oh, I woke up 30 minutes early. I guess I'm going to get this done in the extra 30 minutes that I have. Or you could wake up and be like, are you kidding? What did that truck just honk outside for? <laughs> now I'm up 30 minutes early. I lost 30 minutes of sleep. I was supposed to sleep until 6 this morning. Mm-hmm. And you can be completely frustrated with this or you could realize that you've got this extra time and your morning is going to be smooth and relax, and there's not going to be any rush to it. Mm-hmm. Same situation. Yeah. I'm probably more likely to be the little grumpy one in the morning <laughs> between the two of us. Especially
0: when it comes to sleep. No. I mean, I, I value my sleep too. Believe me. I don't like being woken up before I'm supposed to be either. I know. But
1: when that garbage truck comes along and honks in the morning when you're off on your long run and I'm, I'm on my sleep in morning, yeah, that I'm, is not okay.
0: Yeah. That's why I, I choose Saturdays. <laughs> So what you have to realize is that you can choose your current mental state. So here's kind of the thing. And, and this is something that we actually try to explain to our kids. And it is not easy to explain this to a 7-year-old and a 10-year-old, especially a 7-year-old with really, really big emotions.
1: So then we try and explain it again. And then we try and explain it again but and it, again. But it
0: is sinking in. like Slowly. We see glimpses of it. It's It's working. We just have to keep with it. So... What we kind of try to do is explain to them that when something happens, it's going to likely trigger some sort of feeling or emotion inside of you. And you don't have control over that initial emotion that is triggered. A lot of times that is just kind of from the gut, like it just is what happens. It's what comes up. And that's based on a lot of stuff, including, you know, your past history with your different situations and your current situation. There's a lot that goes into what that initial emotional reaction is that gut reaction, like they call it. Yeah, right? at,
1: at any age.
0: At any age, I yeah.
1: Mean, especially as you get older, and you're like, and one little tiny thing comes up and triggers like 18 memories from your childhood, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh my god, I'm standing in front of the classroom again, and, yeah. and like so many things can get triggered just by one little little thing, and yeah. you don't even remember what it came from, but you just know that your heart is racing all of a mm-hmm. sudden.
0: I had a really bad experience with a police officer when I was 16 years old and I got pulled over for speeding and the whole situation was just very, very traumatic for me. And so for years after that, anytime I passed a cop like on the side of the road, I would get like a pit in my stomach and my heart would start to race. Like, And that is a physiological reaction that my body just had to this memory to this emotional memory that I had this traumatic experience that I had with this police officer and I had, I had no control over that. Like, my heart just started racing, and I started just getting knots in my stomach. And then I would just, like, stare at my rearview mirror as Assuming I drove. Assuming they were going to come chase yeah. you down? Yeah, just to, like, as I just, like, he didn't move yet. He didn't move yet. Like, I'm watching him, you know, like. You should still stop there? driving
1: 100 on every street oh, you're stop. on.
0: stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. But that was, like, my visceral, rea- literally a visceral reaction that I had to seeing a police officer. So, that part, that initial response that you have to any given situation, you're not in control of. But we, what we're trying to teach our kids is that you are in control of how you react to that. Right. So you're always in control of the second step. So you can either choose to continue along that emotional path. So say it's anger, right? This is the one of the ones we try to work with the girls on a lot. Like something happens, the, the the girls start fighting. One of them does something to the other one to make them angry. And I'm like, okay, right now you can... Decide whether or not you continue down that path of anger or you stop, you acknowledge the emotion, and then you make a different choice.
1: Right, because especially if it's coming from something that is a a previous thought, you, every time you saw the cop, it's not that you had this memory of being 16 and getting pulled over by a cop. In your head, you saw a police officer in the rearview mirror and you were that 16-year-old being pulled over, like you were physically in the situation again as far as your brain was concerned. Mm-hmm. So you need to realize and, and basically accept that's not what's currently happening. That's just a car parked on the side of the road. I'm not 16 anymore. I am in charge of how I'm going to respond to this situation. So you can choose how how positive you're going to react to that and see, okay, that's just a thing that caused a little trigger because it was a memory of something that happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But that thing's not happening to me anymore I'm going to go ahead and just say all right that was the thing I don't need to be worried about it I can continue being my happy self and going through my day
0: right or you can even choose to flip it over to gratitude like hey look there look at the wonderful police officer that's sitting there protecting the citizens of our fine city
1: keeping all of us safe
0: exactly you know like you can choose how you're going to react to that emotion like you can tell yourself a different story and I I repeat this over and over with our kids and with our cross-country team. Excuse the interruption, but I just had to pop in and let you know about an upcoming workshop that we're hosting inside the Real Life Runners Academy. If you're someone that's ever struggled with thoughts or beliefs that are getting in your way or you think you're self-sabotaging yourself and you can't understand why you're doing things that you don't want to do or not doing things that you know you should be doing or want to be doing, this message is for you. We're hosting a special academy workshop May 14th and we're bringing in an expert in neurolinguistic programming, Ms. Megan Blacksmith. And she's gonna be teaching us how the thoughts that we have can either be helping us in our life or holding us back. And we want to invite you, our amazing podcast listeners, to join us. So you don't have to be a member of the Academy to join us this month. You can join for a small one-time fee by going over to realliferunners.com forward slash workshop. If you are a current Academy member, this and all of our monthly workshops and all experts, that's all already included in your current membership. So if you are a current member, do not go to the website and repurchase because it's already included with your membership. But if you want to join just for the workshop, check it out over at realliferunners.com slash workshop today.
1: Yeah, you can tell yourself a different story. It's kind of the mantra of our team. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of the kids. It's really it's one of your go to lines when mm-hmm. they're out there on the on the course and they look like they are struggling. And everybody's been in that. Every, whether it's a training run or a race or a workout or whatever it is, you've hit that point where you are struggling and your body is saying, man, this hurts. I would like to stop now. You can tell yourself a different story. Mm -hmm. You can tell yourself that yes, this is some, some discomfort that I'm feeling because I'm going to feel so much stronger three days from now, knowing that I've gone through this workout. I'll be physically stronger. I'll be mentally stronger. Look at the challenge that I'm overcoming here for the growth that I will gain from it. Mm -hmm. Tell yourself a different story.
0: Yeah. Like when your legs start hurting in a workout, say, that's the sign that I'm doing it correctly. Like, that's one that I like to go to also. Like, this is the feeling of my legs getting stronger. This is what it's supposed to feel like.
1: Yeah, that, that's what it's supposed to feel like is a good one in a race, especially in something kind of shorter and faster, like mm-hmm. a 5K or a mile. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. The, the appropriate feeling in a mile is, uh, yep, my legs feel like they are actually shredding every muscle fiber <laughs> right now, and I've got two laps to go. Great. Perfect. I've nailed the feeling exactly. (laughs)
0: So you can actually choose to tell yourself something different. So when you don't choose to tell yourself a different story, what you choose to focus on are excuses. And those excuses that we tell ourselves really are just lies and ways that we can avoid experiencing that difficulty
1: right because no one really wants to experience difficulty if you give somebody an option hey would you like to have this nice soft comfy chair or would you like to walk across this bed of coals people are going to choose the soft comfy chair <laughs> it's less difficult and the less difficult path seems like the better path mm-hmm. unless you have something that's really driving you through the difficult situation right. that's why finding your why is is useful which we've talked about a lot but if you, if you just have the situation of easy versus difficult, if you're in the middle of difficult and it gets hard, usually you're going to be like, oh, well, I can't do this anymore because and fill in the blank there. And there's lots of excuses out there.
0: Oh, I mean, we can fill our days with excuses because excuses are those convenient things that help us avoid taking responsibility. They help us to avoid taking charge, avoid taking responsibility, whether that's blaming your current situation on someone else or on some external factor that you have no control over like oh it was raining today so i guess i'm gonna miss my run like <laughs> i really wanted to run i was planning on running but it was raining and so i mean technically that's an excuse can you run in the rain of course you know do we recommend it not if it's lightning I mean, make make sure you <laughs> make that i mean that is it is an excuse but sometimes it can be a very valid excuse
1: right, but that doesn't stop you from working out Right. I mean, it started. Pouring you can go today. to a gym. You could go to a gym. You could get a strength workout in. You right. can do all sorts of other stuff. That doesn't mean you have to go outside mm-hmm. when there's lightning. Find another way to get a workout in. Right. Like the lightning doesn't have to cancel your health activity for the day.
0: That's true. Yeah. There's always other options that you can participate in. And you don't need equipment for push ups and squats and those kinds of things. Like you can still get a very good workout with no equipment.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I got I got quite the sweat today while it was pouring outside leading the kids through the street. Uh, strength routine this Mm -hmm. afternoon.
0: Yeah, exactly. But
1: excuses are all over the place. So you can put them on on total external where it's the weather's fault. I was going to be healthy, but the weather told me I wasn't allowed to.
0: Or I was set up to run a PR in the race, but...
1: But then it started raining on me Mm -hmm. and then the wind was blowing and it was just, it's not my fault. Mm -hmm. No, it's definitely not my fault. That's where the excuses come in. Mm -hmm. Like it was difficult and you chose to find the excuse. Or I was going to make the healthy eating option, but I didn't want to make the people around me feel uncomfortable about their choice.
0: Mm. Really? <laughs>
1: you wanted French fries. <laughs> you
0: wanted French fries. Take responsibility for that. Like, just own your decision to to order the French fries. Yeah, but you know it's one of those things that, like we said, sometimes those excuses can be valid excuses, but when you make those excuses, realize that you're giving up part of your control there. You're giving up part of the responsibility right. in a lot of situations.
1: Yeah. You're you're choosing the easier route. And if you've got a big goal, if you've got some like large destination you're aiming towards, that might not be the easiest path. That might be the path of difficulty. So if you're making excuses to avoid the difficulty, you're just extending the path. You're, you're choosing because you're in charge of your choices, but you are choosing to make that path a lot longer, okay? Because you keep saying, uh, I can't do this one today. I can't do this one today because of this reason, because of that reason. Mm-hmm. You're not taking the direct route, which might not be the easiest, might be a lot more difficult, but it's the direct route. Mm-hmm. It's just not the easiest route.
0: Right. And then people wonder why they don't achieve the goals that they set out for themselves. And if you're making excuses along the way and not doing the work, then there's a reason that you didn't hit that PR. And it wasn't because the training plan wasn't right for you. Maybe it was because while you were in the race, you wanted to push harder, but you told yourself that your legs were really sore and that you shouldn't push harder that day. Or maybe you were going to work out, but you didn't have time because you had X, Y, and Z on your calendar. So instead of making the time for those things or instead of pushing yourself through those harder workouts you took the easier route so you're not going to have the same results at the end
1: right i got some kids that i'm dealing with as we approach the end of the uh the first quarter in Ooh, school look out yeah well, they're like well i was really hoping to get an a in this class i'm like really have you studied for anything yet and Have you
0: done the work to you, actually get an A? <laughs> like,
1: Because I've been giving the homework along the way. And the one kid was like, no, I, I honestly haven't prepared for a single one of these tests. I study with one of the other kids in class. And I anytime he has a question, I answer them, but I have not physically solved a question. Like he told me this, he goes, I had, I realized as I was taking the test, I had not actually physically solved a question by using my own pencil and writing on a piece of paper for the entire chapter. Oh geez. Yeah. So suddenly it came time for the test and he didn't work fast enough because he'd never actually done a practice problem. Mm-hmm. He didn't have time to do the entire last problem.
0: Yeah. He understood the concepts of it, it. it because I mean, if you know it well enough to explain It to somebody else, then you know your stuff, but you actually have to do the work.
1: That's like reading a manual on how to drive a car. You think that you know how to drive a car, but if you've never actually been in the driver's seat, you can't drive a car. You, you in theory, know how it should work.
0: Right. You know how it should work, but you don't actually know how to do it. Right. Because you've never actually done it before. So when you take charge, of your thoughts, of your running, of your life, that removes the limits that you have placed on yourself, or the limits that others have placed on you, and then you have adopted. So, like, I think that's a really interesting yeah. perspective. To take.
1: Yeah, it's both of them. It's not just the limits that you're imposing, but the limits that other people imposed maybe years ago. Yeah, and. and other people said it a few times and you've just accepted that that's just Mm -hmm. how you are. Oh, well, everybody else says that I'm a procrastinator. Everybody else says Mm -hmm. that I'm not very good at math. Everybody else has told me I'm not a fast runner. And so if you hear it enough times, you just accept that as a true statement about you. Mm -hmm. Whether you ever believe it or not, you've heard it enough times that it's just become a true belief of yourself. Now you believe it. Now you believe it, even though it was never a thought. Someone told you you were slow. Someone else said, oh yeah, that's not that fast of a PR. Or you said your PR in a race, somebody we all said they're theirs and you immediately had this comparison where you became a slow runner, mm-hmm. you know, that, that is, it gets removed when you take charge. Mm-hmm. You don't have these limits anymore when you take charge.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you realize that those limits don't mean anything like, and those limits are completely arbitrary and actually just straight up false because any limitations that you're putting on yourself really are just. Put there by you.
1: Right. These limits are are beliefs, but you tell yourself a belief a few times in your head, and it no longer becomes this thing that you believe. It's a fact, it's Mm -hmm. a truth, it's an absolute. So once you realize that they're beliefs and not absolute facts, then you just change them. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, well, that's not a belief I have anymore. I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm not a runner. I'm not going to say I am a runner, but I'm a slow runner. I'm just going to remove that belief. It's just, it's not a fact. It's just a thing that I've put on myself. I'm going to remove it. I'm going to take charge of this situation and actually remove all of these limits. And what I am in charge of is my next step. I'm in charge of what I do next, and then I'm in charge of what I do after that, and then I'm in charge of what I do after that. I don't need to be in charge of what happens a hundred steps down the road. I'm in charge of my next step.
0: Right. So if you're trying to start a running habit or train for a race, what are you in charge of? You're in charge of waking up. You're in charge of putting on your shoes. You're in charge of tying them and getting out the door and putting one foot in front of the other. That's what you're in charge of. Like. Sometimes you're in charge of how fast you get to go, but other times you don't because weather is a real thing. Like that is an external variable that you are not in control of and it does have a real effect on you. But you are in control of the effort that you're putting forth to reach whatever goal you're trying to reach or to make that workout that day go as well as it possibly can. And sometimes your time on the clock doesn't always cooperate. Like you're not in charge of that time on the clock. You are in charge of the effort that you're putting forth.
1: Right. And when you're fully in charge, then the goal can be as huge as you want it. The goal can seem just absolutely ridiculous to everybody else because they're not in charge of the goal. You are. You're in charge of saying, that's my goal. And it can seem nearly impossible. but since you're in charge, impossible is not a thing. Mm -hmm. Impossible is a belief that someone else may be trying to put on you. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm going to go out and run a hundred miles. And somebody else can be like, that is ridiculous. It's not normal for humans to run a hundred miles. It's impossible. There's no way you could run a hundred miles. No, no, no. That's their belief. Mm -hmm. They're not in charge of your actions. You're in charge of whether you decide to get up and lace the shoes. You're in charge of that action.
0: Right. And Clearly it's not impossible because other human beings have done it before over and over and over again. So if you can find evidence that someone else has done this before, that means it's also possible for you.
1: Right. As soon as one person does it. And that's, that's like when uh, Bannister broke four in the mile. Everybody
0: likes this one. I
1: know it's a go-to, but that's why I'm waiting for Kipchoge to break two in the marathon. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm curious how many people can break two in the marathon.
0: Oh, I like how you just said, I'm waiting for Kipchoge to break two. <laughs> like you just gave that to him. Like he's well, going to be the one to do it.
1: He's, he's got another attempt coming out in a few months. That's yeah. why I put it to him. Cause
0: did you see the Berlin marathon though?
1: Yes. I mean, he, that guy was all by himself. Was that was Bekele trying to one trying second. to come in one second off of the uh, off one the world record, second. and he was solo. Like it's not like that was a, a sprint to the finish line where they were battling. What was that? New York, where they were sprinting to the finish line, mm, and yeah. uh, that was that was pretty awesome. Boston. But this guy was that
0: was Boston this year
1: out by himself, and I mean he has a phenomenal kick regardless, mm-hmm. and you know he was giving it everything he possibly could. I saw him cross the finish line, and he looked happy. I'm not sure if he saw the clock as he crossed the finish line yeah. and knew how close he was, if he thought he broke it, if he thought he missed it, because mm-hmm. he just looked really happy crossing the finish line. It's also possible that he knew that he didn't have to run anymore. <laughs> 26.2 miles is a long way. It's
0: a long way to run that hard. So anyway, back to taking charge, like Understanding that there is no such thing as impossible and that you are in charge of your life, you are in charge of your running, you are in charge of every next step that you get to take. You might not be in charge of the outcome, but you are in charge of your actions. And that brings us to the topic of control.
1: And more specifically, losing control. Because like you just said, you're not in control of the outcome. It's Control is a bit of an illusion. that People like to pretend they, they have control or they don't have any control. But the thing is that no one has control over every aspect of a situation. Yeah. There's just too many outside variables.
0: Yeah, that's why I just kind of... Tilted my head to the side a little bit that you entitled this section Losing Control because you never actually have control to begin with.
1: Right, but people like to pretend that they do. Right. So losing control, like actually accepting that you don't have control, losing your your illusion of control is kind of the idea. Giving here.
0: up control, really. You're
1: giving up your your pretend control over the situation. Right,
0: right. So I mean, in running and in life, let's go back to running. Like when you're heading into a race, you're not in control of a lot of different things like we talked about before. You're not in control of the weather, the competition, the starting line, whether or not the shuttles are running on time. There's just so many variables at the race, especially on race day. I mean, let alone everything leading up to race day. You know, there's so many things that you just don't have control over. And it's important to... Think of what you actually can be in charge of instead of worrying about what you're unable to control.
1: Even like pros, like the elites in these races that have like – they don't have somebody standing on the side holding a cup of water that they have to grab. Like they have their own like designated water bottle that is their water bottle. Sometimes they miss a water bottle Mm -hmm. because they were in a pack and they couldn't get to the table and and that happened like – that's as controlled as it can possibly be, and it still doesn't necessarily go perfect for them. Mm-hmm. There was a race that I was in that the the officials said that they were going to start passing out goos at mile 12. And at mile 12, I ran past the station, and they were still handing out water because they, I could see as I ran by that they were unpacking the boxes of goo.
0: Yeah, you got there too fast. I
1: got there too fast. <laughs> they literally were not ready for runners to be there, so there was nothing for them to pass out. You have to, there's not, I wasn't making a choice. I mean, I guess I did. I made the choice to continue running, running rather than to stop, go over to the table, rip a goo out of the box and then continue along with my way. Well,
0: when you're in first place. Then
1: second, you, I was in second on that one. You were second
0: on that <laughs> one. Yeah. Then you kind of have to just keep running.
1: So you like, there are things that are in your control or not in your control. The pros also, I like to go to this one, given the news currently hitting the, the headlines um, that you're not necessarily in control of the competition and what doping or not doping they are doing. like you're in control of the choices that you make Mm -hmm. you're in charge of how you know cleanly you prepared for the race or how not cleanly you prepared for the race Mm -hmm. you made that choice and you get to live with the consequences off of
0: right so when there's so many things out of your control it's really important to think of what you are in charge of or what you can have control over like setting out your clothes the night before your race planning your dinner and your breakfast ahead of time making sure that you carry your own nutrition like for you like you know because of that race for that like you mentioned where they did not have the Goose that you had planned on, and that the, affected the map.
1: Told me we're going to be there. Yeah,
0: but that affected how you felt during that race. So when you ran your next race, we made sure that you had your own on you, and that I was physically at mile nine or twelve or whatever it was with goos and water bottles for you, yeah, so that, I mean, that we didn't fantastic. have to depend on someone else. Like we were in control of that. But even that, I mean really what if there was traffic or something and I couldn't have gotten to that spot? Like, you know, you would have been better off carrying it on yourself. I just know like at that time you didn't like to carry anything on you. Right.
1: But for, (laughs) for like a half marathon, I carry all my own nutrition on me. Mm. Like I, I don't worry about what they have. I don't try and see, okay, what what flavors are they going to pass out? What brand is it they're passing out? It's whatever fits in my back zipper pocket. That's what I'm taking during the race because that's what I practice with. Yeah. So you can take control over that. You know the shoes that you're going to run in. you've been in those shoes before. You're in charge of that. Mm-hmm. There are certain choices that you get to make. Maybe it's an out-of-town thing and you've got to figure out where you're going to go to dinner. If you're not sure that dinner is going to go great, maybe there's, it's a huge race and all the restaurants are going to be super swamped. Make your own dinner. Find a hotel that has a little kitchenette inside of it that you can cook inside of your own room. Mm -hmm. There are options available to make you feel more in charge of the situation.
0: Yeah, and, and nowadays they have like all these like Uber Eats and other things that you can find. Um, that you can just have meals delivered to you, fresh, healthy meals delivered to straight to the hotel if you need to.
1: Yeah, Uber was my next example. If you're worried about the shuttles, get an Uber. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not running on any schedule. They're running on as best of a schedule as, as they can for you, mm-hmm. and it's not like, oh, the shuttle's a little bit late. I mean, there's been, I forget which big race it was, but there was one that didn't get its own contestants to the starting line in time because the shuttles were running behind, mm-hmm. and they started the race. Mm-hmm. Was like, Well, that's, that's not okay. That's not cool. Like, you've got busloads of people still coming to the starting line. You Mm -hmm. can't start the race knowing you have busloads of people.
0: Yeah, if you're in control of the shuttle. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but even Uber, like, sometimes that can get caught in traffic or there might not be one available. So, like, I have friends, when when we ran Key West, they got, their hotel was, like, 50 feet from the starting line or something ridiculous. Like it was walking distance to the starting line. So they knew it it doesn't traffic was a non-issue that day. Like that was one more variable that they could take out of the equation because they planned their hotel very close to the starting line.
1: Right. Then, and shoot, once the race goes off, run your race, Mm -hmm. don't run somebody else's race. Um, you know, there are, there are pacers inside of all these like major marathons. There's a guy with a sign on a stick that's Mm -hmm. running along with whatever the pace is. Sometimes they're not perfect. They're good. Oh, right. They do the best they can, and I find that some of them have more experience. And some of the like really big races, you find a guy and you're like, "How many times have you run this pace?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, "How fast is your PR compared to that pace?" Yeah. Like, do you have a three hour marathoner who's running a three forty? That's a comfortable pace. They're not straining to hit that pace. Yeah. But on the other hand, how often have they run a three forty marathon? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they can do it because they can go substantially faster, but. A, a gun goes off and they're in the middle of the race, are they going to get caught up in the excitement? Mm. How much pacing experience do they have?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because if they head out too fast, then you might not be ready for that. <laughs> and you that might hurt you later on in the race. Like I know I had a friend that had a terrible experience with a pacer one time, and the pacer just was awful and some of the things that she was saying to the group was awful and it just really destroyed her entire race. So you cannot depend on a pacer because that's someone that, you're essentially handing over your control to.
1: Right. I mean, it's a, it's a decent starting spot. You can choose to start with the pacer. Maybe it'll give you a guideline, Mm -hmm. but you can also choose that they're going too fast or they're going too slow, or Mm -hmm. this doesn't quite feel right. You have to actually take charge of your race. Don't give full control over to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you're not in control over things, but Take charge of what you can take charge of. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's part of preparation. Like, if you have prepared for that race, you should know what those paces feel like for you. Like, you should know, this is not quite right. Like, we're going out too fast here. Or we're going out way too slow. Like, you should kind of have an idea. And obviously, the more you race, the more easily that's going to come to you. Like just the more experience that you have, the easier that's going to become.
1: Right, yeah. The, uh, the marathon that I ran where I just took off with that kid, that was... I was, it was a race and I felt good. I'm like, this doesn't seem like I'm going too fast. I had not run 26 miles Mm -hmm. since I was in college and I had no idea what that first pace was supposed to be because you got all that adrenaline going because they fired off a starting gun. I'm like, this feels like a comfortable pace. And then I missed the one mile mark. And by the time it hit the two mile mark and I saw my watch and the sun started going up, I was like, Ooh, that was way too fast for the opening two miles. Mm -hmm. Cause I had, I had not, I had given control over to that guy. I was not in charge.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, sometimes that's okay to do also because I like in Key West, I went out really f- way faster than I was expecting to and when I looked down at my mile splits for miles 2 and 3, I was so far ahead of pace and but I felt good. So instead of worrying about what my watch was saying, I just trusted how I was feeling and I was like, "Well, I'm pushing myself, but I'm pushing myself like I'm in a race. Like I didn't feel like I was, you know, going crazy but at the same time i didn't feel like i was holding back like i felt like that was a good pace it ended up working out really well for me and i ran my pr but you know so sometimes like you don't want to give up that control to that external thing even like a watch right like like sometimes you have to just understand that like okay this feels good like i'm just gonna stay here i'm gonna hang on see what happens
1: well yeah that's the experimental mindset that's separating yourself from the watch like Mm. you aren't the time on your watch that's that's the thing We both managed to have really good races in Key West, both with that experimental mindset. Mm -hmm. Somewhere around mile, I don't know, two, three, I was like, "Ah, I'm going to go faster and see if I can lose this guy real early in the race. Because I wasn't sure how the end of it was going to go. Everyone who had done the race before, they're like, oh, the wind gets really bad at the end. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, if the wind gets really bad and it's kind of poor weather, I'd like to take charge now. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it goes poorly at the end, but I don't want to be with this guy at the end and say see what happens when the wind starts picking up. Let's take charge. Let's get this pace moving early in the race. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go because, Mm -hmm. you know, people kept saying the wind is going to get really terrible. So I took charge and said, if the wind gets bad late, then I want to be going really fast early.
0: Yeah. And I think that kind of brings us to our last point, which is sometimes it's really good to be grateful for your lack of control. Like put a sense of gratitude in that. Like, it's actually really freeing that you don't have control over the whole situation. Like in QS, since we're talking about this race, there were so many crazy things that happened (laughs) that weekend, like not like the weekend in general, but just that morning, like, all of a sudden, in the middle of January, there was, like, hurricane-force winds that hit Key West and actually postponed the race by, like, two hours. Like, none of that was in our control. Like, our our pre-race nutrition was thrown off. Like, the pre-race everything was thrown off. Like, we didn't even know if we were going to be starting. We were all huddled in the lobby of a hotel up until, like... 10 minutes before they fired the gun I mean the whole the whole thing was just such a cluster like it was so crazy that you had no control over that situation that it actually freed us up to have that experimental mindset and to just be like okay well let's see what happens like and that can be such an amazing place to be.
1: Yeah, when you go totally experimental, when you are free, all of your limits are gone. Mm -hmm. Like, well, whatever that plan was is completely thrown out the door. Some people try and plan so meticulously every little detail and then if the details don't come in, they see it as little failures that are building up. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I was supposed to go out and run my opening mile in exactly 8.05 and I ran it in 8.07. Now my race is going to be blown up.
0: But there are some people that have that mindset. Right. Like, if they see a split on their watch that is not exactly what they want it to be they get down on themselves and then is it really that time that affected the outcome of that race or is it your perception of what that time meant that really affected the outcome of that race because like how did that split then affect the rest of the way that you ran that race were you running angry were you running defeated already like you know scared right like did did you lose that pr in the first mile just because you told yourself that you didn't hit that split now i'm not going to achieve my my goal
1: or i mean forget even the the watch what if breakfast doesn't go well mm-hmm. i planned on having a half of a bagel with some peanut butter on it and i forgot to pack the bagel or the hotel we're staying in doesn't have the bagel that i wanted they've only got cinnamon raisin <gasps> and i can't stand cinnamon raisin like whatever it is right suddenly you've got these excuses that shoot you back to okay the excuses are a way to avoid difficulty mm-hmm. these are just lies that are saying that i can't take this path anymore look at this excuse that i've got built in but you're actually you're not not in control of all these details. Take charge of what you can take charge of. And you're in charge of how you react to the situation. You're in charge of each step along the course. So when your legs get tired, you're in charge of how fast that next step goes. You're in charge of whether you slow down, whether you speed up, whether you tell yourself this is the right pace, or whether you tell yourself that pain means it's too fast. You're in charge of all of that if you were in full control of the outcome of the race, the race would be remarkably boring because <laughs> you wouldn't have to run it in the first place. Mm. Like if you're completely in charge, you're staying on the starting like, all right, I've got complete control of this race, I'm going to run it in exactly, it's a marathon, two hours, 59 minutes and 50 seconds, got it. Like I've got broken three, di- it, then it's pointless, then it's boring, yeah. then yes, it's easier. You took away the difficulty because you're in complete control of it, but you also took away the excitement. Mm-hmm. You took away the challenge and the challenge is where the fun and the excitement can come in. Is it, is it a guarantee that that day you're going to run a great race? No, because you're not in control of that. You're in charge of your preparation for it, but you're not in control, which also connects to, um, if something goes wrong and you were in full control, then it would be your fault. hmm Like if you're in control, any negative means that you failed at
0: it. Right. And that's how a lot of people feel.
1: Right. But you're not in control. Most of this is external and it's not an excuse. It's that you're not in control of the outcome. Right. If if you were, if you were in full control, then whatever time you crossed the finish line would in fact define you. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. Your finishing time does not define you as a person. It doesn't define you as a runner. It it doesn't. It's a, it's a time on a clock as you ran across a line on a roadside somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like that's all that number is. And so many people define themselves by their PRs. But that's not the kind of runner you are. You're the kind of runner who didn't quit when that side stitch showed up. You're the kind of runner who missed one of the water stops and made it through and found the next water stop. Mm-hmm. You're the kind of runner who helped somebody else because it looked like they were struggling and you pushed them along in the middle miles. That's the kind of runner that you are. Number on a clock is a number on a clock.
0: Yeah. The the number on the clock really is irrelevant because like you said, you can't be in control of everything that goes into that on any given day. That's what, that's where that phrase comes from, right? Like any given Sunday, any team can win any game, mm-hmm. except maybe the dolphins. this season. <laughs> <laughs> Poor dolphins, my dolphins. But anyway, like it, it's one of those things like on any given day, depending on who is towing the line and how they feel like you don't know if you're going to win that race. Like there are people that are trying to win every race like you or like some of our top cross country kids. Like we have a runner on our team that is out there and she is in contention to win races, but it depends on who else shows up that day and how that person's feeling and what's going on in their world That's also now going to affect what happens in the outcome of that race. Like she could be completely prepared and ready and whatever. And the other girl just comes out and has like a phenomenal race and just, you know, runs out of her mind. Right. And she's not in control of where she places then in that race.
1: Right. I was talking to one of the, uh, one of the other coaches that we, uh, we go up against sometimes, and he was talking about one of the top runners on his team and He kind of had an estimate based off of what she had put in over the summer of what he thought she was going to be able to run. And he said, all right, I'll be out there at the half-mile mark. Because he doesn't even like to go out to the one. Because by the time you're at the one-mile mark in a 5K, if you're going too fast, it's probably too late to fix yourself. So he caught her at the 500-meter mark. And uh, he told her, you're going too fast. you gotta got to rein it in a little bit. And then he saw her again at, like... 800 meters, and he's like, You're going too fast, you got to rein it in a little bit. And saw her at the mile and a half, and said, You got to pull back and rein it in a little bit. And she just kept going. (laughs) And he had an expectation, and when she crossed the finish line, she was 30 seconds faster than his expectation. Mm -hmm. He goes, I don't know where it came from. I kept telling her, You got to pull it back, this is going to blow up. You got to pull it back, this is going to blow up. He goes, She never crashed and burned. I was was literally holding the fire extinguisher, waiting to put out the flames, and the girl never crashed. Mm -hmm. Because it was her day.
0: Yeah, she had a great day that day. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Right, exactly. And so you never know how you're going to feel until you're actually out there. But you are in control. You are in charge. Like, I feel we we keep going back and forth between saying charge and in control. But you are in charge of your reaction to that. So when you start feeling awesome you are in charge to push the pace like you you have that choice to like like this girl did like her coach is telling her to pull back does she listen to her coach or does she listen to her body and just keep pushing and she chose the second one and it served her very well that day It could have gone the opposite. Completely. You know, like it could have totally gone the opposite way for her. And luckily it didn't. You know, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say luckily she made that choice and that was the outcome that she got that day. Right. Her body cooperated.
1: It wasn't even luck. That's just the choice she made. If she had crashed and burned, it still would have been the choice she made. And then they learn from that and they move on because that wasn't the end of the season. That's not the end of her running career. Mm -hmm. That was simply the choice she made on that race day.
0: And then you learn the lesson from that race day. Like, okay, this this is what I did this is what happened and this is how it went like let's look at everything surrounding the race day too the practices leading up to it what we ate the nutrition what I did the night before how much sleep have I been getting like all of those things play a role especially us as real life runners like all of these things play a role and some of those things you don't have control over <laughs> you don't have control over the fact that like we're sitting here recording this, and our daughter just came in and knocked on the door because she wasn't feeling well. Well, guess what? Th- that just took out a half an hour of our night because we had to help her kind of get back to sleep and feel better. And that's fine. We're not in control of that. Like, I don't have control over how she's feeling. And now that means we're going to take a little bit longer to record this. I'm going to go to bed later, but I'm still going to choose to wake up and go run in the morning. Like, I am still in charge of that. And, you know, sometimes it might be a better choice to forego the alarm and sleep in. That might be the better choice for you sometimes.
1: I mean, that's what happened with me today is I made the choice that today was going to end up being just a pure strength day. I had other stuff to do. I had time that I could have done it on lunch, but I had stuff that needed to get done. And I chose to do stuff besides running and then do strength routine with the cross-country kids afterwards. Mm -hmm. You're in charge of your choices and you can choose maybe it's a a healthier choice, maybe it's not. And then you get to live with the outcomes and learn from the outcomes, but you are in charge of the choices that you make.
0: Mm -hmm, Exactly. So that leads us all to our wrap up. And that basically is when you do the work, your success is inevitable. Yes. You will succeed. What would happen if you actually accepted this as a truth and not just as a belief? Like your success is inevitable because you get to control the choices that you make.
1: Right. You get to choose the goal that you're going for. Mm -hmm. You get to choose the path that you're taking to get to that goal. You get to choose the steps along the path. Mm -hmm. You choose to put in the work or to not put in the work, but that choice is yours. That choice of how to follow the path.
0: And that also goes back to what your definition of success is. You also get to choose that. You can choose not to be defined by a time on the clock. You can choose to be defined by other things. You can choose what success really means to you. And when you do that, you also can release control of the timeline. When you realize that your success is inevitable, that you will succeed by making these choices and taking these steps along the path, you just get to sit back and enjoy the ride, understanding that you're going to get there. You're just not quite sure when. And that's kind of exciting.
1: It, it's exciting. It takes the stress away. It, it's both exciting and stress-free that you just enjoy the ride because you know the destination is coming. Mm-hmm. And you're just not sure when it's going to show up.
0: Mm-hmm. So how fun is that? You know, So taking charge of what it is that you do have the choice over. And then releasing control over all of those other things that you really don't have control over really can set you up both in your running and in your life for that inevitable success in all things. So we really hope that this episode struck a chord with you and that you start to think more about what it is that you actually have control over like what it is that you can take charge of in your life what choices you can make to decide to run your life i mean that is what we end each episode with now is run your life and and that is what you get to choose to do every single day and speaking of people who make awesome choices to run their life we would love to highlight our runner of the week this week, who is Madonna Letourneau. Woohoo! Congratulations. Um, thank you so much for everything you do to support the other tribe members. Thank you for sharing your running journey with us. Madonna is an amazing runner who has run over 35 marathons. She is one of these amazing people who plans to run a marathon in every state of the United States.
1: Incredibly inspiring. Oh,
0: my gosh. She is such an inspiration for everyone in our tribe and, and everyone in my local running group she's actually a local runner um, and friend of mine and it's just you inspire so many people around you just by doing what you do every day and doing it with a huge smile on your face so thank you for being a part of the tribe thank you for everything that you bring to our group and we commend you and congratulate you and um, Want to honor you as runner of the week. So if any of you have also been inspired by Madonna and some of the other runners in our amazing Facebook group, the Real Life Runners Tribe, and you would like a little bit more guidance on your running journey, we would absolutely love to help you, we do personalized coaching. If you're interested in that, you can head over to the website realliferunners.com and fill out our coaching application, and we'll be happy to talk about different options with you. And we are also going to be reopening our new and improved Real Life Runners Training Academy. This program is going to be an absolute game changer for so many people and we are so excited about it. So keep your eyes and ears out in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be giving you some more information about it. So until then, if you'd like to access our free audio training and ebook regarding the 12 mistakes, common mistakes that a lot of runners make, you can get that over at the website realliferunners.com forward slash mistakes. So that's a free audio book. I'm sorry, ebook and audio training. If you're interested in that while you're waiting for the opening of our academy. So as always, thank you so much for spending this time with us and joining us today on episode number 108 of the real life runners podcast. Now get out there and run your life. If you're ready to have more fun and achieve the goals that matter to you without sacrificing the rest of your life in the process, this message is for you. Maybe you're feeling confused or frustrated because you're not making the progress you want, even though you're running three times per week or more. Maybe you're feeling tired or sore all the time because you're pushing harder every day trying to get better. Maybe you want to run longer, but every time you run a couple of miles, that nagging knee pain starts to act up again. Maybe you've been told that you should probably stop running so much because you're getting older, but you refuse to accept that and want to find a way to continue to improve in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Maybe you just feel like you're winging it every day and want to start working towards a goal. You want to feel better and be able to make progress in your running as you get older. And if you're like us and the other runners we work with, you want your running to help you become stronger and more resilient in all other areas of your life too. Plus, You need something that fits in your real life, that is simple, easy to understand, and effective. Don't worry, we've got you. If you're ready to transform into a strong, confident, and successful real-life runner, the Real Life Runners Academy has everything you need. It includes training plans, coaching, and programs that will teach you how to run faster, run longer, feel better, and accomplish your goals. Check it out today over at realliferunners.com forward slash academy. Enrollment will be opening soon, so be sure to join the wait list so that you can be notified when doors are open. It's time to run your life.